You are listening to the Fringe Radio Network. FringeRadioNetwork.com Listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Earth Oddity Podcast. We thank you so much for listening to Earth Oddity Episode 113, Take Two. I am Tiny. Joining me is my friend John, the unofficial, the unacknowledged, and the unauthorized voices of Southern Baptist across the nation. We thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for being here. We are happy to record an episode for you this week, even though we can't be in the same closet together. (laughs) Yeah, I look forward to the day we can record again because I'm sure there's a lot of tech nerds out there who have this online podcasting thing figured out. It has been nothing but a headache for the two of us. That's right, for sure. But we persevere, we adapt, we overcome. That's just what we do. And we're here to bring the best stories we can to the people to make their quarantine and social distancing a little better. Let's get into it. You got any good stories? Yeah, I got some good stories. Uh, I have an engineer who tried to wreck a train into a Navy medical ship on purpose because of a coronavirus conspiracy theory he had. (laughs) Okay. What do you got this week? I got a man who taught his dog how to drive. Pretty good. And a couple other other good ones that we'll get into. A couple of married men fighting over a woman. So, as is wont to happen, you want to kick it off for me? Yeah, I'll kick it off. And I was going to kick it off with this one. We all know that things are tough right now. A lot, there are people who are out of a job. There are people like me who are currently laid off for the next week or so, uh, hoping that that's all it's going to be. But there's someone else who's struggling right now, and that is companies who monitor red light cameras. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. As you can imagine, with this uh, this pandemic and with the social distancing and a lot of places, there are shelter-in-place orders, and that has led to a lot of less traffic infractions. Okay. And this story here, this comes from Business Insider. Americans are driving less because of the coronavirus. That's hurting red light camera revenue. As Americans stay home to help slow the spread of the coronavirus, they're driving fewer miles. That's great for everyone. Air pollution is falling, crashes are down, and there's no blood pressure-inducing congestion. Well, almost everyone. For the companies that operate drivers' most hated devices, which are the red light cameras, it's causing a headache. Red Flex, an Australian company that operates traffic safety programs in roughly 100 U.S. and Canadian cities, warned that less traffic and suspended construction amid the pandemic will be a stress on its balance sheet. Approximately 15% of group revenue is dependent on low-based contracts, the company said in a regulatory filing Monday, first spotted by the Wall Street Journal. Hinting at its business line that includes enforcement cameras, we anticipate our revenue from these contracts will be impacted broadly in line with the reduction in traffic volumes as well as the duration of the disruption. Shares of Redflex, which trade in Australia, are down 46% since the beginning of the year. On a call with Investors Monday, Redflex CEO Mark Talbot warned that further travel restrictions could delay new installations and therefore impact revenues. So there you have it, people. It is our job to support the red light <laughs> revenue companies and get out there and speed and, and get more you know traffic infraction tickets, right? Well, maybe. You know, I've heard you don't have to pay red light infraction tickets, you know. I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, it's just a rumor I've heard. I've never had one because I obey the law, but I've heard that if you you just don't ever send in any money for them, there's nothing they can do about it. (laughs) Well, you know what? If anybody out there runs a red light and, you know, gets one of these tickets, don't pay it and tell us what happens. 
<laughs> well, don't don't rely on me for legal advice. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of businesses are affected. The business I work for is affected. Yours too. The one business I have trouble feeling sorry for is the red light camera business you know i agree that's gotta be like a better way you could make money than just it's like the ultimate snitch right nobody nobody likes a tattletale come on red light camera (laughs) it's worse than just a tattletale because this is like a tattletale that has gone out and set up a bunch of robotic monitors to tattletale for them like they're not even out there watching you know no this is like (laughs) Nerd to the max is really what it is. <laughs> when you think about it, yeah, it is. <laughs> this is uh, when the nerds talk about they're going to win in the end. This is what they were talking about. <laughs> yes. They were talking about traffic tickets for running yellow lights. That's what they were talking about. <laughs> exactly. When they were getting uh, stuffed in their lockers in high school or whatever. <laughs> yes. And they were like, I'm going to get you one day. This is what they're talking about. <laughs> When somebody was making fun of them for, you know, driving their beat up old Yugo car while the jock is riding around in his convertible, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to show you one day. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just, I hate it for these guys. Except that I don't. I don't really. (laughs) Yeah. No, not really either. That's true. I mean, we could do away with all red light cameras tomorrow and I would personally be just fine with it. So. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me at all either. So, yeah, these people can go on and find somewhere else to raise money and <laughs> my kids run through the house. Well, what else we got this week? Well, let's see. Let's let's start out with the dog story. Everybody loves dogs. Dogs are popular. A U.S. man who was teaching his dog how to drive was arrested after a high-speed chase. So, a resident of the western United State, uh, western U.S. state of Washington was arrested following a high-speed chase that left officers dumbfounded after they found the man's pit bull behind the wheel. So, the pit bull was driving to go eat a child. Everybody <laughs> knows that's true. <laughs> they would stop at nothing to eat a baby. Everybody knows. I'm kidding. Pitbull people, don't start emailing me or calling in. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. So the incident unfolded Sunday afternoon after police received calls about a driver hitting two vehicles in an area south of Seattle and then speeding away, State Trooper Heather Axman told AFP. She said emergency services subsequently got multiple calls about a car traveling erratically at more than 100 miles per hour. Axman said that officers gave chase and they got close to the vehicle, which was a 1996 Buick. (laughs) That's what you drive, isn't it, right? Yeah, and I got to tell you, I'm impressed that it was able to go that fast. (laughs) (laughs) And we're shocked to see, the officers were shocked to see a pit bull in the driver's seat. (laughs) You think, that pit, you think that pit bull copped any attitude with the police officer? <laughs> <laughs> and a man was steering the car and pushing the gas pedal from the passenger side. The pursuit ended after police deployed spike strips and arrested 51-year-old Alberto Tito Alejandro, who was booked on multiple felonies, including driving under the influence of drugs, which technically, I think the dog was driving. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's a good point. <laughs> you know what? I bet I bet you anything that the cop didn't even ask the dog to get out of the car and <laughs> pass a sobriety test. Well, the uh, the officer said, Officer Axman said, uh, when we took him into custody, he admitted to our troopers that he was trying to teach his dog to drive. So he's, <laughs> he was honest with them. No need to fly. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Maybe the reason dogs don't drive cars is because no one has ever taken it upon themselves to try to teach a dog. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. We haven't taught them. I mean, we teach them to do a lot of different things. Uh, surely they could drive a car, too. Right? <laughs> yes. Which would really make it convenient when you're too wasted to go to the store and get more booze. and You could just get your dog to take you. He's good. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, 
that's a heartwarming story of a man and his his, his dog, man's best friend, just out for a joyride. And I was surprised, you know, it said it hit a couple of cars, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, back in the beginning, which got people alerted and they called the authorities. But, I mean, you got to expect a dog's going to hit a, a car or two the first time out, you know? Yeah, I don't fault the dog for that. But what I do fault the dog for is speeding. When you're trying to learn, you got to take it slow. That's just, right. that's irresponsible on the dog's part, in my opinion. Yeah. I guarantee you that dog uses the turn signal better than half the people in Tuscaloosa <laughs> County. Yeah. Guarantee you. I'm going to go try to teach Jay how to drive as soon as we finish this. <laughs> yes. Like, he's a really great driver. Air Bud played basketball, you know? He didn't just play basketball. He played football, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then after that, he gave, he sired a whole litter of puppies that went on to be superheroes and uh-huh. to, to be ghosts. To what was it? They, they saved Thanksgiving, all yeah. kinds of stuff. So that's right. And all he needed was a chance, you know? <laughs> yes. All he needed was a chance. His puppies even saved Christmas one year, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I think you're 100% right. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, anyway, as great as that is, move on to our next story here. Our next story comes from the BBC. Venezuela Navy vessel sinks after ramming a cruise ship. Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) A Venezuelan Navy Coastal Patrol boat sank in the Caribbean after allegedly ramming a cruise ship that it had ordered to change direction. The owners of the Portuguese-flagged RCGS Resolute said the naval vessel... And I believe this is the Nigata, Nigutia, something. Okay, sounds right. They also fired shots in an act of aggression in international waters. The collision left the cruise ship, which has a reinforced hull for sailing in icy waters with only minor damage. Venezuela accused the Resolute of an act of aggression and piracy. It also said that it did not rule out that the cruise ship was transporting mercenaries to attack military bases in Venezuela. Oh. So, (laughs) I mean, a cruise ship that is engaging in piracy, and not only that, but transporting mercenaries, if they really believe that's the case, I can see why they're pretty upset. About, yeah. Oh, yeah. About this cruise ship being in, being headed towards their shores. President Nicolas Maduro sure. has previously accused the United States and other countries of plotting to overthrow him, which I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. That is an American pastime is overthrowing dictators, right? One of the things we do best. There's yeah. baseball, apple pie, and throw, overthrowing dictators. <laughs> it's just what we do. That's right. Just part of the American fabric. Yes. <laughs> there is a lot of oil in Venezuela, so we'll put a, he may not be lying. We'll put a boot in your... Who sings that song? Toby Keith. Yes. <laughs> America's singer-songwriter, Toby Keith. Yes. Uh, this incident, get this, it took place near La Tortuga Island a Venezuelan federal dependency on March 30th. Now, anyone familiar with the Disney Pirates of the Caribbean films, they know that Tortuga, at least in those movies, was like the number one port used by pirates. So things are starting to look bad for the Resolute here. (laughs) (laughs) Columbia Cruise Services, which operates the Resolute, said that the cruise ship had been carrying out routine engine maintenance in international waters more than 13 nautical miles from La Tortuga. Likely story. Sure. (laughs) A statement from the Hamburg-based company said that shortly after midnight, the Nigata radioed the Resolute questioning its intentions and then ordered the captain to follow it to a port on Isla Margarita to the east. While the master was in contact with the head office, gunshots were fired, and shortly thereafter, the Navy vessel approached the starboard side at speed and purposefully collided with the RCGS Resolute. (laughs) So they rammed them. Yeah, yeah, just... (laughs) Let's go right on into them, guys. (laughs) The Navy vessel continued to ram the starboard bow in an apparent attempt to turn the ship's head towards Venezuelan territorial waters. So they kept on doing it. 
Although the Resolute is a purpose-built polar expedition vessel, it suffered minor damage. The patrol boat began taking on water after hitting its bulbous bow, according to the statement. So Venezuelan patrol boat here is now sinking. They're they're in trouble. I commend them from for trying to stop piracy in international waters, but now they're taking on water and the cruise ship is fine. Because it's yeah. gotta reinforce all <laughs> Columbia Cruise Services said that the Resolute remained in the area for more than an hour and contacted rescue coordinators on the Dutch Caribbean island of Curacao. All attempts to contact the patrol boat went unanswered, and so the Resolute eventually sailed off to Williamstad on Caracal, it added. A statement by the Venezuelan military accused the Resolute of, get this, cowardly and criminal behavior since it did not attend to the rescue of the crew, which the Resolute, they're saying that the Venezuelan boat wouldn't wouldn't pick up the phone when they tried to call them, so okay. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Fun fact, Andrew Jones, former Brave centerfielder, is from Curacao. Which I thought it was Curacao, but I could be wrong. It, it probably is. But yeah, that's where he's from. So, for all the Braves fans out there who are missing sports. Like, I wouldn't suspect a cruise ship to be a pirate-type situation. Exactly. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> that's what our CIA <laughs> wants you to think. Yes. <laughs> and have we explored the possibility that they just didn't want people with coronavirus getting off? I, I don't know what we've done in the United States, you know. <laughs> yes, but. you know what if it was what if it was a pirate themed cruise, and that's what threw them off. Oh yeah, I like that. <laughs> Could definitely be. There's all these kids on the front deck shooting them with those water cans, <laughs> taking them <laughs> off, making them mad. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I guess uh, the plan should be not to ram a super huge cruise ship with your little bitty military ship but i don't know what the rules of engagement are down in uh venezuela, venezuela. yeah i don't know yeah. mr yeah. miyagi said that you never fight unless you know you can win oh there you go <laughs> and that was a fight that you're not gonna win no not at all <laughs> i should have watched karate kid <laughs> yeah. you get an idea of what's going on well let's move on to another international story this comes from kenya we're huge in Kenya. Number one podcast in Kenya, from what I can tell. And this comes to us from the Kikio Tulu News, trusted news source. And the headline reads, Two married men fight to death with machetes over a woman. So, two married men who are cattle traders by profession have fought to the death after slashing each other over a woman. Okay. The men are reported to have... Fought at Olajari in Gilgil in the Gilgil subcountry of Kenya, leaving viewers in shock as they attacked each other. One had his neck completely severed, which I assume that was his head completely severed. <laughs> yeah, I mean he didn't just like you know cut a section of the neck out, did he? <laughs> I, mean, right. I would assume one one slice got it, and uh, he died on the spot. Which good advice if you're ever in a machete fight. Aim for the neck, you know? <laughs> yes. The other died after arriving at a nearby hospital. Oh, or a dang. nearby health center, which I assume is a hospital. Speaking about the incident, Gilgil Subcountry Commissioner Nimdaktu Mathreki said police Nailed are it. investigating the matter, and he noted that the woman in question was being sought. A witness identified as Abel Kirprokran disclosed that the two men had been cohabitating with the same woman, a mother of three, for the last two years without knowing. Now, I would like to know how they're <laughs> cohabitating with the same woman without knowing. She's and there's three kids there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this should be a full house, right? <laughs> maybe yes. maybe that other dude just got lost in the shuffle. She th he thought it was like another kid. Yeah. I mean, she's got to be the master of scheduling, you know, <laughs> knowing when one of us is going to be gone and the other one's going to be there. You know, I got to say, a, a sitcom where a mother of three is living with two men and neither men, neither of the other men knows that they're both involved in a relationship sounds like <laughs> a perfect sitcom for the Fox Network. True. You got to get them working on opposite shifts, you know. That's, <laughs> yes. That's your key right there. Uh, <laughs> It says, both men who are married, great little nugget there, 
yeah. did not know each other until Wednesday morning when one of them found the other having breakfast in the woman's house. He got to come home early from work. <laughs> <laughs> having breakfast. So the best part about this story is it is a story. It has two stories within one. So this is coming after an earlier report of a butcher who escaped death for using free meat and credit facilities to lure his fleet female clients into bed. He ran out of luck when he fell into a trap set by a husband of one of the women he Uh-oh. was fooling around with. The unidentified husband, upon receiving a tip from the neighbor that this 32-year-old butcher, popularly known by his nickname Aqua Teta, was with his wife, returned home unannounced. And the husband found his wife in Teta in a compromising situation and went after the butcher using a rubber whip. <laughs> so he in the Indiana Jones did here. He, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> a compromising situation and a rubber whip. Those two, <laughs> Those two go together perfectly, just like peas right. and carrots. That's a carrots right there, buddy. <laughs> the butcher narrowly escaped as the husband tried to reach for a more lethal weapon in the house, probably a machete. And uh, the offended husband has, however, vowed to institute a lawsuit to ensure Teta is kicked out of the dusty township for fooling around with people's wives. So he's taking the legal route, I guess, after beating him with a rubber whip, <laughs> which I'm going to search those up on Amazon tonight. I might get me a Daedra one. <laughs> yeah. Just for fun. Or the occasional, the occasional strange dude in your house. Well, I to say, yeah, if I come home early one day, <laughs> I'd like to have something handy to whip him around with. <laughs> what if you hit him with it and he enjoys it, you know? That, that's going to be an awkward situation. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> well, there's just so much advice that we can learn from this story. First of all, it's amazing that whoever wrote this story got done with the two guys killing each other in a machete fight and thought, you know what? This this story isn't enough here. I need to pad this out right. with another story of a of yeah, like fight with a whip. <laughs> yeah. the, the editor at the Kiko, Kiko Tulu News was like, I need I need 700 words, buddy. Yes. We got to fill up this much space. <laughs> but also, there is a widely spoken of saying down south. I'm sure you've probably heard it a hundred times, but it's simply this. Nobody wins in a machete fight. That's true. That is true. <laughs> That's true. And hey, my, go for the neck. You know? Go for the neck. And yeah. my, my grandfather, he had a saying that was very similar. He used to say, boy, if you ever find yourself in a machete fight, bring a gun. <laughs> so, Yes. Well, moral of the story is don't go messing around with strange women. Right. And you'll never get into a machete fight if you live by that. <laughs> yes. Well, this is going to be, I guess, my last story here. And it is... Engineer intentionally crashes train near hospital ship Mercy, believing in weird coronavirus conspiracy, feds say. Okay. On Tuesday afternoon, California Highway Patrol Officer Dylan Eckerfield was rumbling down Harbor Avenue on his police motorcycle in San Pedro, California, when he witnessed a strange sight, a freight train flying off the end of the tracks. It didn't even try to slow down. He watched it smash through the concrete and steel barriers at the track's dead end near the port of Los Angeles. It crashed through a chain-link fence, careened through a parking lot and another gravel lot, barely missing three occupied vehicles, and then finally, after taking out another fence, it came to a halt. Roughly 800 feet ahead of the USNS Mercy, the Navy medical ship providing relief to hospitals overburdened with coronavirus patients, where police now believe the train's engineer was intentionally headed, Eckerfield pulled a U-turn speeding in the direction of the spectacular train wreck, according to an FBI affidavit describing the incident. As he approached, he could see a man in a bright yellow fluorescent vest jump down from the train's cab and start running. You know, not the best uh, dress when you're trying to flee a scene. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unless there's a uh, unless there's a convention of traffic officers, it's probably going to be difficult to to disappear in something like that. Right. It says that Eckerfield sped into the West Basin Container Terminal, an enormous ship cargo yard, and he found the man in the yellow vest walking towards him. Eckerfield drew his weapon and ordered the man to the ground. 
Right away, as Eckerfield placed him under arrest, the suspect spilled his story. Quote, you only get this chance once. The whole world is watching. I had to. People don't know what's going on here, and now they will. I certainly want to know what's going on. He's got me hooked. (laughs) (laughs) Marino, 44, was charged Wednesday in federal court with one count of train wrecking after admitting to intentionally running the train off the tracks in the direction of the Mercy Hospital ship, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles said in a statement. No one was injured in the wreck, which caused a substantial fuel leak handled by firefighters, prosecutors said. And then it just goes on down here. I want to get, I want to skip all this legal stuff and get to what he, what he actually thought about it. It says here that in interviews with the FBI and the Los Angeles Port Police, Marino said that everything was normal and that no one was pushing my buttons. When he came to work on Tuesday morning, he said he hadn't spoken to anyone about wrecking a train and didn't even plan it himself until the idea came to him spontaneously that afternoon, he said. Well, you know, sometimes inspiration just you know, strikes like lightning. You got to capitalize on it. That's right. It popped into his head as he contemplated the pandemic, particularly the hospital ship. The USNS Mercy arrived at the port of Los Angeles on Friday to treat non-coronavirus trauma patients, thereby freeing up intensive care at local hospitals treating COVID-19 patients. The USNS Comfort arrived in New York for the same purpose. But in a conspiratorial mind, Marino told detectives that he had been putting the pieces together and that he no longer believed the ship is what they say that it's for. He believed that they are segregating us and it needs to be out in the open. He was pushing his last train of the day, a cargo bound for Vietnam, when the idea hit him. He could draw the world's attention to the USNS Mercy if he derailed the train And then people could see for themselves, according to the affidavit, he could wake people up. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes you just get a little snap and man, it was freaking exciting, Marino told detectives. I just had it and I was committed and I just went for it. I only had one chance. (laughs) (laughs) It's unclear if he intended to hit the ship directly or just crash near it. But he says here that uh, at the last minute, he lit a flare. He looked up at the camera. He raised his middle finger to it, giving him the old oh. one finger salute. Sure. And then he just, uh, just before the train smashed through the concrete barriers, he stuck the flare out the window, keeping it there all the way through the impact. He told the detectives, I can't wait to see the video, which I'm assuming he will never see the video because the feds have done got there and and deleted that video and covered it up. We'll never know. That's right. right. (laughs) It just seems like he didn't have a plan here. He's just like, hey, there's this ship here. There's this pandemic. I know something strange is going on. I'm going to wreck my train. Yeah. Not a lot of forethought on his part. (laughs) This is conspiracy theories gone wrong. It's really <laughs> yeah, what it is. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you got you got to think a little bit more before you start just right, wrecking your train. But getting charged with train wrecking is pretty awesome to have that on your record. <laughs> oh yeah. Just <laughs> I mean, to find the silver lining in your felonious activities. If you can get charged with train wrecking, that's pretty good. That's right up there with home wrecking. I imagine that's going to be an interesting story to tell at all of your job interviews going forward, so long as it's not a job interview for another engineer position. You have to like explain your previous felonies or arrest. Yeah, yeah. Pretty awesome to say, well, I wrecked a train one time. <laughs> but I did it to expose the truth. That's right. Behind this hospital ship. Yeah, yeah. Which those hospital ships, I think, are pretty cool from what yeah. I hear. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. I mean, I've, I don't know about the conspiracy that goes along with them, so I could be totally wrong. What else? You got another story? I do. I have a story, and uh, there's some salty language here at the very beginning. Now, you and I have discussed off the air that I don't really consider this word to be a cuss word, and, and we don't in my family, but some people do. So there's no way to really tell the story without the first. is a direct quote from an officer. Right. So uh, I'm just going to say it, and you can decide what to do with it, all right? Okay. So uh, it says a man is facing a felony for a total 
Richard move. All right. <laughs> so it begins with Officer Stephen Prudhomme yelling, He's got my... Richard! Spray him, spray him, he's got my... Richard. <laughs> the Wisconsin cop was trying to get an unruly suspect into the back of a Kenosha Police Department squad car around 2.30 a.m. Saturday when the man grabbed Officer Prudhomme's pants in the crotch area with his hands, which were still handcuffed. In a flash, Prudhomme felt defendant Jerry Watkins' hand crushing down on his... Richard. Oh, no. Yeah, Watkins, who was 30, then allegedly tightened his grip which caused a very sharp and a very intense pain. Watkins cuffed behind his was cuffed behind his back, and he ignored the cops' demands to release his Richard and was unmoved by Prudhomme's arm strikes to the defendant's face in an effort to get him to let go. Golly! It was then that Prudhomme yelled for fellow officers to pepper spray Watkins, who police first encountered following a disturbance at a bar. Upon being sprayed, Watkins finally let go of Prudhomme's... Richard! Uh, <laughs> the officer sought treatment at a hospital emergency room after observing some discolorations. Oh, no. Golly, <laughs> he went straight for the kryptonite. <laughs> Though a physician told Prudhomme that he did not observe any injury since there could be an unobservable injury, the doctor suggested the cop follow up with a specialist. A Richard uh, specialist. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, I think they call him a urologist. <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> Watkins was arrested for battery on a law enforcement officer and causing substantial bodily harm slash soft tissue injury. Good to know it was soft tissue injury. <laughs> he is also facing misdemeanor counts of disorderly conduct and resisting an officer. So, but the good news is that officer now makes an excellent tenor in the police headquarters that's choir. Right. He can hit all the high notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, uh, I mean, kudos to the criminal who did it behind the back. You know, that's a pro move. That's a pro move. You know, <laughs> well, maybe he's had a lot of practice. You know, good half, good half. You know. He knows his way around a Richard. <laughs> Not a stranger to one, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. But good news if you're ever in this situation. It's like a, like a snapping turtle. You know, say if a snapping turtle bites you, it won't turn loose until it thunders. <laughs> if, a, if a criminal grabs your penis, he won't turn loose until he gets pepper sprayed. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Well, I mean, hats off to the police department because, I mean, they do a really hard job. So, oh yeah, yeah, they do a very hard job. Nice pun, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin who loves puns. Uh, Big time pun guy. He's a long time pun fan. Cops, they got it rough, man. They you do. Know, people wonder why cops are on the edge all the time. This is why. <laughs> this is <laughs> why. Yeah. <laughs> to serve and erect. I mean, protect. <laughs> I mean, they're going up against hardened criminals. That's a lot of stiff competition, if you know what I mean. It is. It is. <laughs> the worst shift is six to midnight. Everybody knows that that's <laughs> yes. where the worst shift is for cops. Yep. What's okay, the what's the saying? <laughs> what's the saying? Nothing good happens after midnight. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, we got a Cajun curl ed. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I, I bet you Brandon just loves having us <laughs> add right after a story like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We should do like, do you know what makes my feel like it's in the grips of a criminal? <laughs> Cajun curl. Check out CajunCurl.com. And we want to thank them for their support. Check them out at CajunCurl.com. You can order their spice and their Cajun Curl cutter for potatoes right there on CajunCurl.com. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, 
pork, potatoes, franken beans, and anything else you can think of putting it on. The spiral potato cutter is absolutely amazing. It's easy to use, it's easy to clean, and it will allow you to make your own chips using the Cajun curl spice. You're stuck in your house now, it's shelter in place, quarantined or whatever. Can't go out and get chips like you want to. You might catch the coronavirus. You better get you your own chip cutter from Cajun Curl to make your own potato chips. Sprinkle the spice on them. Share them with your neighbors. You'll be the most popular person on the block. On the website, CajunCurl.com, you can not only order the original Bayou blended spice, but the chip cutter as well. And you can also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can no- locate your dearest retailer or order your own, all on the website, CajunCurl.com. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it. Uh, here locally, once uh, the ban's lifted and you can get out and travel, it's available at Bowles Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, South's Finest Meats on Greensboro Avenue, Mart's Mart in downtown Northport, the Piggly Wiggly on Lurling Wallace in Northport. All of their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, and it has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10. That's E-O-P and the number 10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you to pay full price. That's right. All right. For community news this week, what do you say we go to the phones? Okay, let's go to the phones. We have a voicemail, and I'm going to play it right now. Hey, guys. Long-time listener. Thank you for who you are. I'd also like to thank the Dragon's Mother for keeping you guys on the fringe, not going further off into it. Um... I called to ask for John's expert opinion on this thing I came across. Uh, here it is. It reads, It enters from an outside source because it seems small. It is contagious. It makes us struggle with rhythm, breath, destroys us from the inside out, and becomes a crown over everyone. Frivolous measures are made to bring back a sense of order, and many say it's not a big deal. Finally, it separates us from each other. Now, when I realized that Corona means crown, I was like, wait, is this thing talking about the COVID-19 or sin? Anyway, John's expert opinion, please. Thank you. Bye. Okay. So, Tiny, I guess you have nothing to say about this (laughs) voicemail. Well, you know what? I'm glad because, frankly, I didn't want to tell that dude my opinion on it anyway. So, I think it's odd in a way to ask out of our opinions my opinion versus the guy who went to Bible college but but that's what he did and that's a horrible look for you really bad look for you gotta hurt your ego but I would say that that is a very interesting metaphor for the coronavirus and it'll probably be used in online sermons a lot going forward from now so um, that's a very interesting thing I think that, you know, to draw a comparison between it and sin is uh, not the worst thing that could happen in the world uh, because of the metaphor that you laid out in the call, Mr. Caller Guy. So um, that's my thoughts on it. I don't really have like a deeper um, a deeper meaning or anything else I could help you read into it. I don't remember any specific verses that... Um, specifically state that doesn't mean they're not there because uh, as once again I'm the world's worst Christian so I may not remember all of them I typed it into Google and I couldn't find a source I would be interested to hear where you got that from yeah yeah uh, I mean I've seen video of Kenneth Copeland just banishing coronavirus have you seen those tiny I haven't oh they are precious (laughs) (laughs) I mean 
I mean, as a Christian, it'll make you be like, oh my goodness, what is this guy doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. We don't need we don't need any more of this type of PR. <laughs> you know, we got <laughs> right. going on yes. <laughs> They're pretty good. They're pretty good. The one I watched this afternoon was uh, him and like five guys standing in an empty sanctuary and he would say something like Copeland would say something you know like uh, you know we love the Lord and then all the men would repeat everything that he says and uh, it was it was so amazing and then at the end he like he like banishes coronavirus of course you know tells it to be gone in the name of Jesus everything and he does like this blow like he like blows towards the camera <laughs> and all the men standing around did it too it was it's amazing you gotta search it up if I find it again I'll put it on your Facebook page well I will say uh, that I don't have a private jet so he must be doing no. something right that's right <laughs> yeah I know I mean you know mate, it makes me wonder like me and you we could do that like we could start our own television Ministry, you know, we right, know enough. Right. Yes. We got enough charisma. We could do that and just make <laughs> and just be super rich. But yeah, you know, I, I just can't. I can't bring myself to do that. You know, it's, those people are weird. Is that not what this podcast is, though? I mean, I thought that's what we I were trying to do. <laughs> I, I want a low level call. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that high profile. You know? Right, I'm right. Just want a low level call. That's it. Which is what we're starting with our Patreon, really. So, yes. uh, The easiest way to join the cult is to join the Patreon. And Tiny and I are not going to ask to sleep with your wives. No. Yet. Yet. (laughs) Because our wives need some convincing first. (laughs) That's right. I can't even get my. I can't even get my wife to, to do it. So I don't know that yours would want to either. Yeah. Then you can join our Patreon. We're gonna have a we're gonna put up another show this week and it's gonna be awesome. I've actually written out a uh kind of a ninety nine problems type thing, which is the different types of social media users you've seen on social media during the pandemic. So that'll be pretty good. We got a couple of good stories in there as well. So everybody make sure to join up. We already got a few. We do. Yeah, you uh it's patreon.com slash earth oddity. If you sign up at the five dollar level, you get an extended show. And once a month we're gonna do an all exclusive show just for patrons. That's patreon.com slash earth oddity. Extend your oddity. Oh, I like that. (laughs) It sounds dirty, but it's not. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Extend your oddity. Well, since nobody wants my opinion on the uh, <laughs> the coronavirus prophecy that was foretold thousands of years ago, I guess we can just go into our emails. We got another email from Hippie Monica this week. She wanted to All write, right. yeah, she wanted to write back in and clarify some of her statements last week. Okay, uh, everyone listening to this, I would like you to sit down, get comfortable, and hang on. Because this is going to be a ride. <laughs> she starts off the email, hi, guys. And she spells hi, H-I-G-H. So, right, standard. <laughs> so she's talking to, you know, she's talking to people who are high. All right. Hi, guys. I've been listening since last fall. I love you guys are so funny. Your laughing makes me laugh. And I love your stories. You guys rock. And I love your accents. LOL. Well, I'm in Owen Sound, Ontario, Canada, and most of our snow has melted and the sun is shining more. Grass is green and flowers are sprouting. We have about seven to eight confirmed cases in out of town so far. I was really sick last month and the health unit told me to isolate. And if I got worse to call Emerge here in Ontario, we call Emerge if we are going in and think we have coronavirus. Anyway, oh. I was pretty sick, fever soaked my clothes and bed sheets for days, and I was isolated almost a month. I'm better now, so you know, praise the Lord, glad you're better. That's right. But I have cabin fever with the stay-at-home policy. And no, we don't all live in igloos and cabins. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to the bonus show, but uh, that was kind of my impression of Canada, was everybody lived in a, in a cabin or an igloo. <laughs> sure, right. Or they don't. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, they. I think other people in other countries think that every single American owns like a bunch of guns, but that's just a stereotype. 
I would yeah. say only about 90% of the population owns a bunch of guns. That's right. It's not everybody. 100% of the South, 90% of the total <laughs> population. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, she says, we do say A a lot, and we drink beer, and we can grow marijuana here legally. So stay okay. safe, guys. Now, she gets into her thoughts about the coronavirus here. I believe this is man-made down the population. This is going to get worse. And Julian Assange said that chemtrails have titanium and aluminum dust and nanotechnology. My theory is that after this virus goes around, 5G will send waves through our bodies, hitting the inhaled dust particles, causing heart trouble and cancer to off some more people. I've always loved being beside the great United States, but you guys have been asleep and fooled for years. Oh, sheeple. I mean, we are. <laughs> so That's right. it's too late to stop the elites and the new world order. The greedy, selfish rich are in their bunkers. The deep state has its plan rolling and the World Health Organization and all elite governments are in on it. Switzerland, China, United States, Russia, Denmark, England, I guess I should be grateful the Queen is on our money and Prince Harry is in Canada. I think we'll be a little safer here. I think, anyway. Stay safe. Hugs to you and yours. Peace, love, Monica. Okay. Monica, I would just like to say bravo. Yeah. <laughs> when we ask for uh, emails here at the Earth Oddity Podcast, that's what we're talking. That's what we want, okay? Oh, anytime <laughs> you can sprinkle some chemtrail talk in, I'm, I'm all aboard. Yes. All aboard. And I'm also slightly terrified because man-made coronavirus population control, and then we got 5G on the horizon. Yeah, man, it's it's a scary thing. Now, Monica sounds like she might drive a train into, <laughs> into <laughs> a hospital ship. <laughs> is there a uh, is there a hospital ship up there on Lake Huron or whatever? I don't know. I, I think that's where Owen Sound is. I know a little bit about Canada. People don't know. I've been to Canada several times. They love me in Canada. So <laughs> apparently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been across the border several times until um, the police said I can't uh, enter the country anymore. But that's a whole other story for a whole other day. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Monica bringing the heat. So. I don't know about any of the conspiracy theories about it being man-made coronavirus being man-made or any of that. So I um, would like to say this in a situation where there's, you know, massive die-offs and population control going on and there's the apocalypse. The one thing that is going to lose all its value very quickly is paper money. Yeah, that's true. So I think what you should do is uh, you should head on over to patreon.com slash earth oddity and give it to us. Okay, I was going to go buy silver chains from crackheads, but <laughs> either one works. Yes. <laughs> if you find me and I'm in the right mood, I might trade a silver, you might could trade a silver chain for a uh, Patreon membership. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but only silver chains, no Viagra. Yeah, no Viagra. I'll take gold too, but I'm, you know, gold's harder and harder to come by. And silver is the poor man's gold. Everybody knows that. So. Everybody knows that. That's well, right. I believe that'll do it for the free show. You got anything else this week? That's it. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for listening as always. And be sure to tell your friends about us because uh, we want to spread the love to as many people as possible. And we need your help in doing that. So, And join the Patreon if you feel like it. We would like to, again, thank all of our patrons for joining us and for supporting our silly little show. But we would specifically like to mention Mr. Brandon White of Cajun Curl fame and also Mr. J.D. Westfall for signing up at the $10 or over pledge. Oh. Uh, Y'all give us a reason to get in front of a mic every week, and we thank you so much for that. Sure thing. Yeah. You guys will get the comfy robes when we get the cult really going. <laughs> I don't know how many people in Mechanicsburg, Ohio are listening to us, but if you are and you have a messy car, I would like to shout out JD's detailing company, uh, J Detailing. He's all the time posting on Facebook pictures of his work, and I got to say, it's really impressive. But yeah, I was just saying, I'd like to let JD get a run at my car that had been washed in about 10 years just to see what he would, <laughs> he would do. See, you I probably would wouldn't recognize the car. You would think he trashed it and bought you a new one to cover it up, so. <laughs> 
But yeah, now we appreciate JD and everybody really for listening to us yes. and joining the Patreon. So, but if, yeah, if you're in the greater Mechanicsburg, Ohio area, go check them out. Get ready for Ohio State, you know, winning the Big Ten championship and losing in the football playoffs. Get your car all detailed for that. That uh, assuming that college football won't be canceled. Don't you speak that evil. <laughs> Don't you dare speak that evil. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying what Kirk Herbstreet said. So I don't care. I don't care what <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet said. Kirk Herbstreet predicted Auburn to win the national championship in 2010, and he was right. And he predicted that before the season even started. So <laughs> he is truly a prophet in our age. <laughs> yeah, it's Kirk Herbstreet, prophet of the people. <laughs> you got like Zechariah and Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> yes. Some might say he was a doom prophet. <laughs> Tiny. I'm here. I'm here now. Okay. I lost you, though. I lost you, though. I had a momentary lapse. <laughs> I thought 5G got me. <laughs> <laughs> the chemtrails, buddy. Yeah. If you get chemtrails, Julian Assange, and man-made viruses in one email, I mean, that's a Hall of Fame email right there. <laughs> you get a sticker. <laughs> That's right. I wonder if she's got a. I wonder if she's got a man because that's a. She could get hooked up with Third Eagle real quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us. No matter where you get us, whether you get us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Castbox, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, we're on them all. If you would like to email into the show, like Hippie Monica did. That email address is earthoddity at planetmail.net. If you would like yep. to tweet at us, we are active on Twitter. That is underscore earthoddity on Twitter. And try to find John, but you can't do it. So Can't do it. I'm unfindable. <laughs> no one's found me in a long time. Occasionally, we post pictures. You can check those out, underscore earthoddity on Instagram. But by far, our most popular way to get in touch with us is our voicemail, our phone number. What's that phone number, John? Okay, if you want to call and ask me a question, not tiny, but <laughs> just me, the number is 662-493-2059. That's 662-493-2059. We hope everyone out there has an excellent week. Please stay safe. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. Patrons will be with you in one minute. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. Oh, Lordy. Oh, I lost you. Still there? Tiny. Hey, Tiny. Tiny? Oh, jeez. <sighs>